Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Okay, good. Well, as Sim said, we're starting a new teaching series called Greater, which is all about worship. So this week, we're going to be focusing on the person we worship. Uh, Next week, Fergus will be bringing reflections on the purpose of worship. Week three, Sim's going to speak to us about the position we worship from. And then the fourth week, we'll be uh, speaking on the power of worship. So this is just a bit of a heads up of what this uh, will look like. But before we do anything else today, uh, I thought it'd be really good if we fill this page. Some of you were wondering why it was here. Uh, we're going to fill this page with everything that we can think of. Maybe not everything, uh, but a lot of what we can think of to do with worship. So I've got a scribe, Lottie. Can you be my scribe? The last time I did this, it was awful. I just there was a, it was just full of spelling mistakes. Uh, spelling is not my forte. Lottie, you've got this. I believe in you. Okay, so um, anyone brave enough to go first? Just anything that pops into your mind to do with worship? Singing. Okay, so singing. Uh, Adoration, I heard. Anything else? Lifestyle. Brilliant. Lifestyle. Emotion. Thank you, Nick. You're doing very well, Lottie. Keep going. Uh, What was that one? Focus. Focus. Brilliant. Anything else? Praying. Nice one. Christ. Yes. Come on. Ah, oh, he was going to say that one. You nicked it. We're all friends here. Uh, Christ, great. Any more? Giving. Giving. Yeah, emotion. We had that earlier. Any more? Any more? Lifestyle. Who we trust. Okay. Humility, brilliant. Sacrifice, thank you, Simon. Wasn't he beautiful in that video earlier? Lovely. (laughs) Reflection, thank you, reflection. Praise, nice. Honour, good. Don't you find it annoying when you write honour into Word and it comes up with the red line underneath? Isn't that annoying? Is that O U R? I just had that all week. It's so annoying. Anyway, uh, anything else? Anything else in worship? Attitudes. We had attitude. Anything else? Together. Hands lifted up. Brilliant. A couple more. Presence, adoration. Perfect. I think that's pretty good. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Nice work. Thank you, Lottie. I really appreciate you doing that. I meant I didn't have to. Uh, good. Okay, well, you know, anything else that comes to mind? And do you know what? I, I think I'd like to add a couple. We won't write them up. Um, but just, uh, you know, sometimes it can be a bit strange. Anyone else with me? Right? We, we kind of stand and sing and head toward, like, face the stage, and yet we're worshipping someone who we can't see. It can be a bit strange. We can, we can say that, right? Uh, and another one I'd probably add would be sometimes it's a bit awkward. Do you find worship a bit awkward? I'm just being honest this morning. Is that okay? <laughs> sometimes it can be awkward because sometimes, you know, we worship a person uh, and it's quite personal, but yet we're in front of others and sometimes it can be a bit strange and awkward. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Is that all right? 
Good. <laughs> I'm glad about that. Good. Well, um, come on then. Let, let, let's, let's talk about worship and, and what is it, right? What is worship? Is it all these things? What is worship? And uh, I guess I've, I've kind of settled on uh, this definition that I'd love to show you. So um, this is what I've settled with for now. It often changes uh, as we kind of grow and develop. But here it is. So worship is the expression of reverence and adoration. We had that earlier given to the God of creation based on a right understanding of who God is and all that he is worth. I'm going to read that again. Worship is the expression of reverence and adoration given to the God of creation based on a right understanding of who God is and all that he is worth. And, you know, that... It's, it's quite long, uh, but it is that kind of act, isn't it, of, of, of reverence, of, of adoration. But this takes it a little bit further on, okay, well, it's all about actually who God is and, and what he is worth, what he has done. And, and John Piper touches on this. He's a great theologian. Uh, and he says, uh, true worship is based on a right understanding of God's nature, you know, who he is. And it is the right valuing of God's worth. True worship is a valuing of, a, uh, or a treasuring of God above everyone else, above all things. And so I guess the, the, the question is then, okay, well, if it's all about worshipping God, then who on earth is he? Right? If, if worship is about worshipping God, then, then who is he? Who is this God? What's he like? What, what does he do? Who is this God? And before we answer that question, I'd just love to touch on two truths. As I was preparing, I just really, really felt compelled to share these. Uh, just two truths that I really um, believe we need to know uh, to do with worship. And so the first one is, is that you are created. Now, that may sound very simple, but you are created means that you weren't an accident. Right, Sim touched on it earlier. We're not an accident. We're here for a purpose. Bethany was born for a purpose. We're not, you know, we were created, we were formed, we were molded on purpose. Right? And then the second truth is just a little bit further than that is, yes, we were created, but we weren't created, you know, to have an enjoyable life or a great salary or to be really successful. But actually, we were created for the purpose and the purpose is to worship. And not to worship anything or, you know, anyone we fancied. But we were created to worship the living God. And so those are the two truths. I, I really felt like um, you really needed to kind of bring to the surface. So, so there we go. And, and I guess, okay, back to the question, who is God then? Um, if, we, if we sat down for a coffee, just me and you, and, uh, and we asked each other the question, who is God? I wonder how the conversation would go and maybe how long it would last for. Who is God? And so we're going to take a look at some of the answer to this. It's a pretty large question, right? Some of you are like, what? How are we going to answer that today? But we're going to look at some of uh, the answer to this question. And we're going to look at the Bible. Now, the Bible, I believe, is living. Anyone else with me? I believe it's true. And I believe it's good. So we're going to look at it. So we're going to look at um, the second book in the whole entire Bible, uh, which is Exodus. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, then please do turn. Anyone bring their Bible? I know you got it on your phones. 
That's cool. It's going to come on the screen if you don't have it anyway. But uh, Exodus is the second book in the Bible. And, and this story is, is about a guy called Moses. You may have heard of him. And, uh, and we, we kind of arrive at a place where before this, uh, he was adopted. Uh, he uh, made a mistake and killed someone when he was older. He, therefore, he ran away. Uh, he ran away to a place and found a wife. He got married uh, and became a shepherd. And, and this is the story of him being a shepherd. He comes across something very bizarre. So here we go. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. What a horrible name. Uh, the mountain of God. That's what it was called. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, as you do, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. That is a very intelligent thing to do. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the land, from the hands of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Tartites, Am Amorites, Pre Perizzites, uh, that's weird, uh, Hivites and Jebusites, I think I said those right. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what on earth shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Now, for those who have heard of a, a mic drop moment, this is one of them. Right? Where, you know, the signal of mic drop. If someone says something really profound or incredible, uh, they use the, the action uh, of boom. That was good. Uh, I think this is a mic drop moment. Moses says, okay, God, if I go to the Israelites and tell them that you have sent me, then who shall I say that has sent me? Who, who are you? Who are you, God? What's your name? And God says, tell them 
I am who I am. Who shall I say has sent me? Tell them I am has sent you. And you can't get really any more godlike than that, can you? Because I, I just, I am. There's no beginning, there's no end to that, is there? I just am, I just, I, I is, right? I exist. That's, that's who I am, I is, I am. That's, that's who I am. And in the Old Testament, um, God reveals to Moses uh, his name through this passage. And, uh, and that name is really special. And it's Yahweh. And uh, you may have noticed, well, hold on a minute, I didn't see Yahweh in that passage. That word wasn't in there. And you're right, because uh, Yahweh is the Hebrew word uh, for uh, God's name. And, uh, and so in English, it's been translated as Lord. But not just as a capital L, but all capitals, L-O-R-D. And so when you see that in your Old Testament, uh, when you read the Bible, when you see the word Lord in capitals, that's when in the Hebrew, in the original language it was written in, it means Yahweh. And in that language, they, Yahweh spelt uh, Y-A-H-W-E-H. And they, wouldn't, they didn't use the, the vowels in that word. And they wouldn't say it out loud because they were so afraid of disrespecting God. Uh, Yahweh. They, they didn't want to uh, disrespect his name. And, and the interesting thing about this Yahweh is that it's very linked to the original word for I am. I am who I am. I'm Yahweh. I am who I am. And Yahweh, uh, I guess we can see the significance of this, of this name of God that he uses because it's used uh, 6,828 times. I counted them all. I'm joking. I did my research. Right, but it's used uh, 6,828 times in the Old Testament. And when you read your Old Testament in the English translation, you will see the word Lord in capitals, L-O-R-D, and that's where Yahweh was put. And, and the importance of this is, um, you know, God wanted Moses to reveal who he was and use this word Yahweh, which means I am. I am. And, and the, you know, the... That name just, it reveals so much about God. And, and the first thing is that, that he exists. And it's, it's quite obvious, and, you know, we're in church. Of course we believe that God exists, right? But, but God exists. And, and I guess sometimes we can kind of worship and act as if he doesn't actually exist. Now, I love the Queen, right? I love that Sid mentioned the royal wedding. It was beautiful. It was lovely, and I absolutely loved it. But uh, could you imagine if you went to the, like, afternoon tea with the Queen? Wouldn't that be amazing? I, this is me with the Queen, right, uh, as an afternoon tea. This is what it would look like, and I would just be in my element. What a dream. What an absolute dream. You can take that down now, Levi. Uh, it took me five minutes. Uh, but if you, you were invited uh, to an afternoon tea with the Queen, uh, it'd be very exciting. You'd kind of dress up and, and you'd go to the, the palace and you'd be ready. And, and, and as you enter, the queen is there sat in a little chair in the garden and, uh, and she's ready to eat because she's waiting for you, you know. And, uh, and you go in and, uh, and, and actually you just, you don't say hi. There's no kind of, oh, your majesty. Yeah? There's none of that. You just kind of walk on by and, and you, you go straight to the tea and the cake uh, and the jam and cream are sublime. It's just the most amazing cream and jam you've ever tasted in your life and you had a great afternoon but you completely ignore that she's there 
And you don't say hi. You don't even ask her why she invited you in the first place, because that would be a bit weird. And, and, but you don't acknowledge that she's there. And, and the reporters are saying, well, well, hold on a minute. Do you believe that the Queen exists? And you're like, oh, yeah, of course I do. You haven't, spoke, you haven't spoken to her. <laughs> what are you doing? And, and so often we can kind of treat God like, like that, can't we? Then we say, oh, yeah, he, he exists. But maybe we don't do anything about it. It's like air, right? At school, you, you learn that air is important, fairly vital to life, right? And kind of the whole the process, I didn't really listen in science, but all of that. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and you learn that you need air and it's really important and it's really good. And yet it makes no difference to your life. You just carry on as normal. But without it, we've got a problem. And so if we can treat God and, and worship God like he's not even there, it doesn't even exist. And, and so I just thought it'd be really, um, yeah, just really good to just pause and do that. Just to acknowledge that he exists and that he just is. So can we do that? If you want to close your eyes and you're welcome to but just to, just to pause and just to be aware of him being real and existing. His name, Yahweh, I am. It screams that God exists, that he just is. And throughout my 25 years on this earth, I've, I've lost count of how many times um, family, friends, and even strangers have said, okay, well, Hannah, yeah, you believe in God. But what came before God? Who created God? And I think that's a really interesting question because if we kind of presented that to God, and I think in a way Moses did do this, and, and his response is, I am. I am who I am. I am Yahweh. And I think it's, it's, it's so profound and, and so beautiful. I, I just am. And, and I think we as, in this kind of culture and society in which we live in, we find that so hard. Because we live in this kind of uh, this pattern and, and, and kind of law-driven world. You know, we're run by time, right? The, the sun rises, it moves. It mo no, it doesn't move. We move. Yeah, we move. And then it sets. I didn't listen in science, I told you. Okay, so uh, the sun rises and the sun sets. And we can do nothing about that. That's just time. And so we find it so hard to believe, well, well hold on, well, who created God then? And this, the answer is no one. He just is. And, and we find it so hard because we try and understand God and, and his existence and who he is in our kind of way of thinking. Okay, well, there's time, there's, there's laws, there's, there's physics, you know, and all those, all those sorts of things. And we try and understand God in our patterns and in our laws in which we live by. And yet it's impossible to do that. Has anyone achieved that? Because I haven't. I don't think anyone has. 
Because God is so outside of what we understand to be true and, and real that it's impossible to do that. God exists, which means he, he's outside of our reality. And not only does he exist, but he, he does that. He exists for his own reality, that there's no reality outside of his. And yet we try and understand him inside of our understanding, which is why we have so many questions. But that's okay. But we've got to acknowledge that God is. He just is. I am. And that's hard for some of us to accept. I, I get that. Because we like to understand, well, well, he must have come from somewhere. Well, no. No one created him. He didn't come from anyone or anything. No one made him. He just is. I am who I am. Who is God? Well, he is Yahweh. He is. He is the I am. But not only is he Yahweh, not only is he greater than any other, no, uh, he's not only higher than any other or, or outside of understanding, he's bigger than we could ever imagine. No, uh, he's not only uh, more all-powerful and almighty, but he's also the God who is closer than any other. And that's also really hard to understand. Because if something so big can be so close... That doesn't make any sense. And yet, it does make sense. Because God is outside of our reality. He is our reality. You know, he is almighty. And he loves us. He is all-powerful. And he loves us. He's greater than anything we could ever imagine. And he loves us. And I find that just so mind-blowing. That he can be so huge and yet so close. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. God hates to see his creation suffer. He hates it because he loves us. And we were created, right? We were created by him and he loves us. And so he hated it so much. He hated seeing us in, in chains and bound and so that's why he came. Which is what we celebrate 50 days earlier from today at Easter. That Jesus came and he died. And he didn't do that because of his own self-worth. But he loved us. He loved the world so much. That he gave his only son to die for each one of us. God is Yahweh. He is I am. And yet he loves us. Individually. Created each one of us. And loves us with not a romantic love, not a love that we know, but a deep and a raw and an unchanging and a radical and a sacrificial love that Jesus showed us when he died on the cross. God's name is Yahweh, but what is he like? What has he done? He is love. God is love. He is I am. He is love. God is faithful. Amen? He is light. There is no darkness in him. God is patient. 
He's the creator of all. God is alive. He is just. He's unchanging. God is love. He's the provider. He isn't human, so therefore he's perfect in every way. He's righteous. God is gracious. He's compassionate. He's not silent. He's a gift giver. He's our savior. God is almighty. He's with us. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is good. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning and the end. He is true, he is real, he is merciful. God is a consuming fire. He's strong, he's God of peace, God of joy. He's gentle, he's higher than any other, better than any other, greater than any other. God is good, he is the I am, he is Yahweh. That is the person we worship. Now, how can we respond in any other way than to worship him? That definition we looked at earlier, worship is the expression of reverence and adoration given to the God of creation based on a right understanding of who he is and all that he is worth. Do we truly worship God? Acknowledging that he is who he is. God is bigger, he's greater. And I don't know, I just, I just sense a bit in the room like, um, that's just really hard to kind of understand and like grapple with and grasp. Anyone else with me? <laughs> How can we understand that? And maybe we need the hope, help of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But he's so big, he's huge, and yet he loves us so much. That's who he is. That's who we worship. And I guess the challenge for us is, okay, do we know him as well as we could? And if you've been a Christian for 30, 40 years, or if you've, even if you've been a Christian for a day or a week, there is always more to learn because that's who God is. We will never understand him fully. And so I guess the challenge is, well, okay, the person we worship is God. So why don't we get to know our maker, who is greater? Get to know your maker, who is greater. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.